Let us bring on Hour 3 of Backbone Radio on this December 4th, 2022. And we're just talking this, that, and the other. We're uh, having a lot of stream of consciousness, random associations this evening. And I think that happens when I spend time at swim meets. The whistles and all the noises and the chaos, the crowds, and those those swim moms are so loud. You know, I, I'm going to bring earplugs to the next swim meet. I just, I mean, they are loud people, loud humans. And they're definitely louder than soccer moms. I don't know about tougher yet, but we're working on this thesis. We'll, I'll get a little bit more experience and uh, come to conclusions as, uh, as, this, as the data warrants as time goes on. I'm getting some heat for not knowing who Peter Green is. Text the studio, Matt, I know you're just a pup. You need to be schooled up on Peter Green, who I have just learned tonight, Peter Green was one of the original members of Fleetwood Mac. Is this the case? And he wrote Black Magic Woman, played it first and played it best, so I'm somehow not knowing Peter Green. Okay. Also getting a... Text to studio, major accident at I-25 South at Arapahoe. Thank you for that information, Alexa. Major accident at I-25 South in Arapahoe. I have not read any news on that. Just reporting a helpful text to studio. Hope we're going to be okay there at I-25 in Arapahoe. I guess that would be in the Centennial area. At any rate, uh, so, yeah, i got to work on that. And somebody was saying, uh, somebody <laughs> sent me a note. I was like, the lighting director, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac, rest her soul, wonderful musician, wonderful songwriter, wonderful singer. But apparently she wrote that song, You Make Loving Fun, because she was having an affair with the lighting director, and I guess he was really fun or something. And I was like, what does a lighting director do? And someone said, well, that's the guy that changes the light bulbs. And I was like, that's a... That's a good job if you can get that job, I guess, in, in that era. So he must have been particularly skillful, but he must have been really fun, fun at it. He got an immortal song written about him and performed about him. This leads me to what I was thinking I would talk about. <laughs> have to clear up all the random associations first. The phone number, by the way, 303-696-1971, should you have any thoughts about being a billionaire and why you should be a billionaire and why, if you want to matter in the political world, well, it's better if you are going to be a billionaire, if you are a billionaire, because apparently I'm just... It's a little cynical to come to this conclusion, but it does seem like billionaires are the only people that matter in politics right now. Does anyone ever think this? You know, we have this wonderful constitutional system. We have this wonderful American political heritage. It is the greatest, the most glorious natural rights, natural law, the Declaration of Independence. I have spent years studying this stuff. But then you see the billionaires just showing up and throwing their weight around, throwing their billions around. And it seems like all politics tends to revolve around billionaires. And so sometimes I wonder if, you know, you're teaching civics classes to, to children in schools. They're learning some of the foundations of the American Republic. At least they used to learn that stuff. They're probably not anymore. 
But I just wonder if maybe the real lesson that needs to be taught to kids is that, hey, kid, you want to matter? You better grow up to be a billionaire. That's what you got to do. Go be a billionaire. And if you don't make it to being a billionaire, well, you don't count. You're not going to matter politically because nothing happens politically unless a billionaire makes a move on it. Now, I can give some examples of this. But you can closely relate the term billionaire to the term oligarch. And I think that's a more appropriate term in a lot of ways. Oligarch would be like the billionaires who want to throw their weight around and want to use their billions to um, change the world in the way that they see fit. And most billionaires seem to be downright hostile to the American Constitution, to American civics, to the American middle and working classes. And my strongest opinion is it is the American middle and working class is that what sets America apart from the rest of the world, our thriving, thriving American middle class that used to be thriving and under Trump was thriving and experienced a golden era like never before. But they are what keep us out of communism. They're what keep us out of outright socialism in this country is our independent minded working class, the heartland of this country that is attached to the American mores and worships the Constitution politically and wants to keep America America, knows that that document is what's going to give them the best fair shake in life. But if I, I was just thinking about what are the biggest things that really have happened, you know, in the last many years politically, and the, by far the biggest, most, most earth-shaking thing was when billionaire Trump decided to run for the presidency in 2015, 2016, and won. He was a billionaire. He was a good billionaire on the side of the working class and the middle class and who has the same viewpoints about keeping America great, making America great again, the right instincts, the right sentiments. And then you have to go a while before you see another major event, and that's a billionaire. Billionaire Elon Musk buys Twitter, $44 billion buys Twitter, and is now on the verge of changing the way we conduct discourse in America and the world, is Elon Musk. He is about to put some fiber back into the First Amendment. The First Amendment has become a laughing stock. There has been no First Amendment in this country for some time, and the oligarch-run media, mainstream media. And so you sit back and you think about, okay, these billionaires, billionaires. Uh, I was trying to think of the good ones, and there's Donald Trump, number one, Elon Musk, number two, Peter Thiel, number three. And there's maybe a few other good billionaires out there. Was Wilbur Ross a billionaire? He was the Commerce Secretary under Trump. I mean, he was a great guy. He was awesome on trade. And I think old Wilbur was a quiet billionaire, but he was he had his billions, I believe. And he'd go out there and tell the World Economic Forum globalist chumps where they could put it. That's what Wilbur would do. No one could do it better than Wilbur. But then you think of the bad billionaires, and of course, you know, you, George Soros, that's a bad billionaire, and he is the biggest donor to the Democratic Party, throws his billions around and helps elect secretaries of state and district attorneys and all this stuff all around America, and in my opinion, kind of corrupt the system. The second largest donor to the Democratic Party is this uh, SBF, Sam Bakeman-Fried guy, who lately has had that cryptocurrency FTX collapse. Second biggest donor to the Democrats after George Soros. 
And you'll notice that he's being treated with the kid glove treatment. He's still being respected by the New York Times. He writes these like nice pieces about SBF and the fraud he just perpetrated. But at any rate, uh, it seems to me like the billionaires in general do not respect America, the American Constitution, or any of that stuff. They're, they're Machiavellian power people, and somehow most of the time it seems like when you become a billionaire, you become that Machiavellian type, and maybe that's how you become a billionaire, or maybe that's how the system works, and you want to maximize your billions, and you want to lord it over other people. So... um and you you know you but you don't respect the heart you don't respect your fellow countrymen you don't you don't respect people and i really object i really object to um the undue influence of billionaires in our politics and again elon musk has done more this billionaire to restore the first amendment there's a lot a lot yet to happen it's you know we're not there yet by any stretch but he's already done more on the first amendment than every elected Republican that I can think of. You throw every elected politician into a ball, and every Republican who's whined about, we got to do something on the tech tyrants, we got to do something about them. You know, Mike Lee and Ted Cruz and Jim Jordan, and they, they never do anything. They never get anything done. They, they don't, we're still in the dark. We're still enslaved. And Elon Musk shows up. Maybe we'll get some free speech. Maybe we'll get some free discourse. But where were the Republicans all these years? I guess, I guess you just got to be a billionaire. Maybe, is that what it is? Is that what it comes down to? Welcome back, little REM bringing us into the program. And we're just talking about billionaires. We're talking about what you might call oligarchs and their undue influence on American politics upon world politics. And... It's just something that's, I guess, it's on my mind a great deal. And you sit back and you look at the complete ineffectiveness of politicians, of Republican politicians in particular. And we'll be watching, will Republican politicians step up and respond to this Twitter files release from Elon Musk via Matt Taibbi? Will they... Uh, Will they call out the dogs? Will they unleash the dogs? James Woods says, hey, you got to do this. you got to go for it, Republicans. But again, all these years, we've had the Republicans. We vote for them and put up their signs and do everything we can to try to get them in there. And then some of them get in there. And then what happens when they get to Washington, D.C.? Well, well, the tech tyrants have not been phased at all. The ones that control Facebook and Google and the rest of them, YouTube, owned by Google, the ones that uh, upended Parler via the Amazon servers. You see how all that works? The first time anything is really cracked is when one good billionaire, Elon Musk, went in there and bought Twitter and has got a lot of the ruling class really freaked out that they're going to maybe lose some aspect of their ability to control your mind by controlling the narrative. But why did it have to be a billionaire? Right? Why did it have to be a billionaire who was able to do this? You would like to think that principled politicians, elected politicians, congressmen and women, senators, could get in there and move the needle on this stuff. But what if the billionaires have bought all these politicians? They've bought them all. They've bought the key ones. 
And if you're some new politician, idealistic, you show up in the Beltway, and you find that the place has already been purchased by the oligarchs, by the billionaires. There's no room to wiggle. There's no room to maneuver. And you raise your voice, and well, they'll come down on you. Like, you know, like they abuse Lauren Boebert on Twitter, and Mary, what's her name, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, you know, you get a few people that they single out, the oligarchs single out for unique and hostile punishment. Of course, Donald Trump, right? So abusive, you know, the way, you know, I'm a longtime Twitter user, and I understand how the abuse works. But after the Soviet empire fell, again, this is still related, what became of Russia is that it became, you know, fell into the hands of various oligarchs. Um, different individuals were able to grab up the natural resources and the land and the oil and things like that. And so it became an oligarchy. And the way things happened in Russia was oligarchs would fight with other oligarchs, and that's sort of how it worked and how things played. And I would submit to you, I think we're kind of in that point in America. Do you think we are? We still have something of a system. We still at least have people that pay lip service to the Constitution, but when it comes down to brass tacks, do they... They don't respect it, and especially on the left, they laugh at it, and it's so unfortunate that it seems like most billionaires, again, are people of the left that do not have the right priorities, that do not have a set of principles that would allow them to know how to sustain this place that built them into billionaires, that would keep America, America again, make America great again. How come the billionaires seem to... Forget all that, with the exception of Trump, and maybe with the exception of Elon Musk. Elon Musk says that, hey, without a First Amendment, if we don't have a First Amendment, everything in, in America, if America loses free speech, then the only thing that lies ahead for us and the rest of the world is tyranny. That's the only thing. That's why he's so committed to doing this, and why he's taking such risks by doing this, by trying to get free speech, which, again, I've been pointing out for years, free speech is anathema to the corrupt ruling class. It is anathema to the deep state. Transparency is anathema to the unelected agency bureaucrats who are back there running the show. And I was doing my best to expose this James Baker guy in the last hour as a good specific example of how deep staters maneuver and how they operate. But say you are the billionaire, right? And you're uh, wanting to lord it over people and wield your power and throw your money everywhere and us small fries. I mean, what do we matter? What do we count at all? No, in fact, they're des we're despised by the billionaires, right? And the billionaires can live in their uh, secure compounds. They can have armed guards around them at all times, probably food tasters. They can uh, have a pretty secure life and... Most of these billionaires, by the way, don't want you to have that. They don't want you to have a Second Amendment. They'd be maybe just a little concerned if, you know, this Second Amendment thing uh, keeps on persisting and makes them uncomfortable, right? You know, the middle class, working class, having a Second Amendment, doesn't that make the ruling class uncomfortable? Yes, they're always trying to make a move on that, which makes you think that the Second Amendment is an altogether important foundational aspect of our republic.
But the dispersal of power, this was something that the founders were very emphatic about. And this is one of the main tenets of conservatism, at least conservative orthodoxy, and especially libertarians are big on this, is that you want power to be dispersed. The more broadly dispersed power is, then generally the more fair things get and more more people get a fair shake in life and in careers and in the marketplace and in free expression and everything else. But what if you just simply have too much money in the hands of too few people, in the hands of billionaires and oligarchs, and when they're really motivated, boy, the influence they can have, that is not the broad dispersal of power, that is the concentration of power in the hands of a few that can warp, warp a political system and overrule a political tradition like the Constitution. And I think, I think we might be in this moment, and we've maybe been here for quite some time, and it might explain at least some of the ineffectiveness of the Republican Party elected officials, because some of them are bought out, some of them are just realizing it's easier to be on the side of the billionaires, and it somehow benefits their pocketbooks. It makes life easy street for them. And if you stand up to them, well, it's just an onslaught of oligarch-controlled propaganda directed against you. And this is why I give you know major kudos to people like Lauren Boebert, who are out there just you know uh, not going along with with the oligarch program and taking all kinds of heat for it and showing all kinds of courage in the process. What a courageous representative who, yes, just had a very close call in her election. So dispersal of power is better, and I don't know where this all leads. And the Marxist ideology would say, you know, confiscate the wealth, confiscate the estates, confiscate their land, confiscate their mansions. And I'm not saying that kind of stuff. But I just do wonder... If a political system, as we have it established in the United States of America, can thrive and survive, if a middle and working class can thrive and survive, when just there's that handful of billionaires who are ruling the roost and running the show and controlling the institutions, buying out the institutions, buying out the politicians is that does it continue to work when you have power that is concentrated in, in that small of a few hands? And, of course, the technological sphere, the tech world, allows just a handful of people to control these narratives via mainstream media and via social media. Billionaires own the Washington Post, right? That's, that's Bezos's playground, the Washington Post, and you got the Zuckerbergs. and So we just need to sit back maybe and watch the billionaires duke it out like they did in Russia after the fall of the wall and everything. This we got to just hope that there's going to be enough good billionaires to do good stuff to save this country and to save the middle and working class. Is that where we are right now? I, I hate to think it, but maybe? In the Christmas Bakery, the song bringing us back in from the great German pop star, Helena Fischer. A friend of mine was going back to Germany for for Christmas and to go to the Christmas markets in Munich. And she's an American girl, but who was raised on an Air Force base in Germany. And it's going to be her first time back in uh, probably a decade or two anyway. And 
So I said, oh, you need to get the Helena Fisher Christmas album. It's really wonderful. And um, hopefully she went out and made that purchase. But yeah, I've got a, I've got the word Dunkelflaute, German word here to discuss briefly. But I will just say one afterthought that you talk about the concentration of power. The goal of capitalism is to have power most thoroughly dispersed, okay, based on merit and based on work ethic and virtue and so forth. But what if we are now in an era where capitalism allows power to be concentrated in the hands of so few that you end up with an oligarchic political system? And we might even be in the position where the oligarchs are so powerful that they sort of buy out the government, own the government, operate the government. And what is the definition of that? Fascism. Yes, the blending of corporate power with government power. And some people make this thesis that the oligarchs are so wealthy and so powerful that they have bought out the government that it is the oligarchs who are essentially running the government, whereas maybe it used to be the government was powerful enough it could make an alliance with corporate interests to create the fascist regimes that we have seen so execrably through history. But what if now we've got the oligarchs are so powerful that they essentially buy the government and everybody in it? And that's a different kind of fascism and potentially a more hostile form of fascism. I was having some Twitter debate during the break with Jennifer Harris down in Texas, and she makes a point that it's the leadership that stops Republicans from being more effective. Um, you think it's bad in D.C. or Colorado? Texas Republicans in Austin are the worst. They, we have a handful that are really good, but like Lee, Cruz, Massey, and Roy, leadership keeps them down. And that's where I would just wonder... The leadership has been bought by the billionaires, right? And does that kind of make you think Mitch McConnell, a leadership bought by the billionaires? And why McConnell is so antithetical to everything about the American heartland and the American middle class? Oh. Anyway, you see, the billionaires got there first, you know? The billionaires got there. Oh, the politicians, they go in there and they, they realize that, oh, everything's already, everybody's bought and sold, and if you raise your voice, well, they will come after you, hammer and tongs. And that's what Donald Trump is learning, has learned over these last six years. But God bless that man for keeping after it and keeping trying to save this country. Keep on supporting, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be good. But this word, Dunkel Flout, off to the phones in just one second. Apparently, this word means... Uh, and I haven't looked it up, but Dunkel, I'm going to actually look it up. I've got to look this up. What does Dunkel mean? Flout means flute or wind, I believe. Dunkel must mean reduction. And I uh, apologize. I was just, uh, Dunkel is a word used for several types of dark German lager. <laughs> so now we're on to beer. Uh, beer wind, beer, no. Dunkel is the German word meaning dark. And so Dunkel Flaute and Flaute die. Uh, anyway, I think Flaute means flute or wind. Anyway, this is an imprecise segment for which I apologize. I do not speak German. But there is a Dunkel Flaute hitting Germany right now, hitting Europe right now.
And this is pointed out by an individual on Twitter with a big following named Alexander Stahel, S-T-A-H-E-L, who I believe is a German commentator of some sort. And he says this, In the past 30 days, Europe experienced a Dunkelflaut, a period of little wind or sunlight. During that period, four gigawatts installed nuclear produced as much power as 125 gigawatts installed for wind and solar, and coal kept the lights on. And Alexander Stahel points this out, that um, both nuclear and coal are scheduled to be turned off. And he's got this handy bit of data here about where the gigawatts are really coming from. And during this Dunkel flout, you ever heard of a dunk? You ever experienced a Dunkel flout? <laughs> Have you ever had a Dunkel flout beverage? No. If you, like, so, okay, little wind, little sunlight. Oh, there goes your solar, Klaus Schwab. There goes your windmills. Uh-oh, you better get the coal. You better get the gas. So I've been detailing this in some detail around here on Backbone Radio that the Illuminati um, people that want to go green with European energy are suddenly realizing that they have worked themselves into a bad place and that Grandma might be freezing in her, her apartment in Berlin in Germany this winter because, oh, they've been de-emphasizing coal. They're having trouble with, yeah, natural gas from Russia. And uh, they don't like the fossil fuels thing, so it's all about wind and solar. But then what happens? You get a dunkel flout. Whoa. So little wind, little sunlight. Um, How bad is this going to be? Ladies and gentlemen, in Europe, in Germany... And just while I'm on this, we got to bring the Bond villain in, Klaus Schwab. Hang on to the phones. I'll be right there. Klaus Schwab talks about, you know, the World Economic Forum guy. Speaking of billionaires, this Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, he's like this, this nest of billionaires that are going to rule and change the world. And now he's having the brainstorm to implant brain chips in everybody, just so you hear this one. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains? And um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable? There's Klaus Schwab, the Bond villain. I guess this is our German segment, uh, Klaus Schwab, Dunkel Flout. And Helena Fisher, Inder Weinox Baccarai. No thanks to the brain chip, Klaus Schwab. I'm not going to do your brain chip thing. Sorry. When the billionaires want to come put the chip in your brain, let's all agree to say no thank you. Thank you, no. Not going to eat the bugs. Not going to live in a pod. Not going to own nothing. Not going to have the brain chip. What is the matter with these Bond villains? Man. Alive. Oh, just lost my collar, and with apologies, I talked too much. <laughs> I just I had to work in all of this stuff before I could uh, make that perfect segue. But that does remind me, did you see, uh, uh, at least over on Backbone Twitter, 
that there is a new um, quarantine site that is being built in China. And I saw this video of it, and it's this whole string and array of pods, these little tiny white pods all stacked on top of each other, pod after pod after pod after pod, just dozens and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of them. And if you remember last week's show, we were talking about how there was this big fire that broke out in the Arumki northwestern region of China. And because of some COVID quarantine, they had welded people inside their apartments and they couldn't get out. And this big fire hit and a bunch of people, including little kids, got burned to death because they couldn't get out of their apartments because they were welded inside. It's like horrific. It's tragic. And there's Klaus Schwab, the guy who says that China is a role model and an example for other countries of the world while people are being welded in their apartments. And it just occurred to me, like, are they going to weld people into these pods? These thousands of pods. You've seen the picture, though. They're going to weld them into their pods. Is that what they're going to do? Is that what they're thinking? They'd love to do. Our own ruling class. They admire the Chinese leadership, the CCP. Eh? But I would say this. Yeah, no bugs, no brain chips, no pods. And if you try to weld me into the pod... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not going to work. That's that's not going to go over well for the welders. Yeah, I just I'm not interested in being welded into a pod, owning nothing, eating the bugs, and having a brain chip for crying out loud. Farther along, this version by Brad Paisley. There's our sacred number tonight. Maybe keep that on under us, because I think the guitar solo, the guitar solo is coming up on this one. We'll let it play under. Keep it going a little below, if you would. But we like to end every program with a sacred number. And somehow this is a, so this is like, in my opinion, this is Paisley, my favorite song by Paisley. And he's got a, he's got a bunch of good ones. Does that country crooner. I thought I'd mention one thing. I was listening to the advertisements during the break, and Dennis Prager was talking about his Rational Bible Project. And everyone knows I'm a huge fan of Dennis Prager. I love that man. I've met him several times. We've hung out. We've shaken hands. We've had conversations when he comes to town. And his program is so good. He has a way of not saying a whole lot. He doesn't use all that many words. It's kind of interesting how he keeps it minimal, but he makes really good, really thought-provoking points all the way through his shows. Anyway, I will trim my amount of words to get to my point here, and that is the rational Bible to take to make it all reason and reason-based. I just, I don't, I, I love his project, but that's that's not where I come down on that. I'm a little bit more of the Kierkegaardian. Anybody read your Soren Kierkegaard out there and you comprehend the, what the leap of faith means? It's where there is sort of that end point to rationality and you make that leap of faith into that next dimension and you don't necessarily quite have something called faith if you're going to be forever ground uh, on the ground wedded to rationality. It's a psychological difference that I would just weigh in there. While I'm trying to promote Dennis Prager's good work and his good, 
his good uh, his good book. Uh, what a capstone project for him, and I'm sure he'll have more capstone projects. But just one little thing I'm inserting, you know, into the discourse there. Just think about that one a minute. The leap of faith. What does that mean? At any rate, let's keep on saying some hellos here. And how about Jackie? Jackie in Denver. Glad you're on board, and how have you been? Wonderful, Jackie. <laughs> I've been great. How have you been? <laughs> uh, just just rambling along tonight more than usual, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> Too many All words. Great points. Prager would All be on me. Points. <laughs> <laughs> he would be, actually. <laughs> yes, he would. Uh, I wanted to comment. You were talking about uh, Klaus Schwab and um, Klaus. company, Yuval Harari. Yeah. Um, those are trillionaires, by the way, so they, um, they have no idea who, who we actually are. But, well, if you add um, up the statements. WEF, I, I don't think there actually, I don't think there is a trillionaire in that Elon Musk no? is the wealthiest man on earth, and I don't know how many billions he has off the top of my head. Or maybe it's the Rothschilds I'm thinking of and the Rockefellers, that, that other lovely gang. I guess but maybe if you I, add I up all of them, maybe they get there. I don't know. Either way. Um, I will. I wanted to just say one thing because people have asked me um, about getting some good information. So if you're sitting in your house going, oh, all hope is lost and it's over, you're not going to find it on mainstream media. So you have to go and download Rumble, Rumble rumble.com, get a Rumble account. And when you get there, search Patriot Street Fighter and pull up an episode that he just did on Thanksgiving. It's incredible information. And it will give you a global viewpoint of what, or global, uh, all the ideas of everything that's going on around in our world. And it basically, at the end of it, it talks to us about raising our Christ consciousness. So your Bible commentary is very important. Interesting. And that's within all of us. Yes. And so if you're not going to be involved in a certain way, raise your Christ consciousness. You know, we, we all have unconditional love built into us. So Go out and be kind to people because that does do something for this whole world. And by the way, America, the whole world is waiting for us to wake up. So we need to wake up and start spreading this knowledge and getting out into the streets or doing whatever you can to push back because the rest of the world is waiting on us. Um, and I keep hearing that all the time in some of the podcasts that I do and groups that I'm involved with. And Good. We really do need to wake up. Now, so, more um, than ever, make your voices yeah. heard. And when I talk about the billionaires and their control, I'm not saying bow down to them, and I'm not saying accept that. I'm saying that's what we got to work around. That's what we have to... That Those are our obstacles that we have to overcome, and we focus on how we overcome them rather than accept them, if that makes sense. And Rumble is a good example. You mentioned Rumble just now, Jackie. That's the yeah. the great alternative to YouTube, the corrupt Google-owned YouTube, which is the biggest censor factory (laughs) ever. And they demonetize you if you're at all conservative or put America first and all, you know. But Rumble is growing by leaps and bounds, thankfully. Oh, it's huge. And so you found something good. I don't do anything else. Yes. So think about the optimism there. Twitter is changing. Twitter, I believe, has talked to Rumble about some kind of relationship. I saw that somewhere. Yeah. Maybe that's a month or two ago. Yeah. But you see, we, we, we've yeah. got lucky with this billionaire getting Twitter and maybe some free speech. We've got Rumble coming up from basically nowhere to being a major direct threat and competitor to YouTube in the last many months. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Some pretty positive yeah. things there. <laughs> 
there's a lot more going on than people realize. And if you're on mainstream media, you don't realize that there are hundreds of millions of people on alternative media getting great info and seeing what's really going on. But at the end of the day, we had to see this. We've been asleep at the wheel, asleep at the wheel. Everything's been too good here for us. So it's going to take a long time for people to keep waking up. But but think about this, Jackie, is that the billionaires have a lot of dollars, right? They've got they a lot do, of but dollars. I wouldn't want to be them. That. But yeah, well, but uh, there's a there's a lot more of us than them, right? Right. When you think about an oligarchy, right. when you think about the handful of billionaires, that's like the smallest fraction of a half of a half of a half of a half of a half. Keep on going for about a half an hour of a percent of the <laughs> world population. So and they the are is- way outnumbered. And they if we can have our hungry. voices and find a way to get our voices out there, that's just why free speech, the First Amendment, is so important. That's why the founders put that's it first in the Bill it. of Rights. Yeah. They don't want us to know that we, we far outweigh them for sure. But the one <laughs> thing, Matt, too, unconditional love is available to everyone. And to me, that's the greatest gift, the most. That's my currency, and that's how I feel rich, is experiencing that with people on a day-to-day basis. And th- it's not available to them because... They're just not in that space, but it is for us. And, and so there's still a lot of great things to be grateful for. This, and we need to understand that for sure if we're going to continue through all this. But we definitely have had – we live in the, in the greatest country in the world. Everybody knows that. So we, we definitely need to be grateful for that and count our blessings. Exactly. Even though we're all going – the price of gas is insane and everything else. We can make it. This is nothing. We can make it. They're Everybody trying to turn it into it. a gulag, but our job yes, is to not are. let them do that. And right. that's where and we can mobilize. There's more of us than them. See you through that's the propaganda. Right. Matt, you're the best. Jackie, no, <laughs> I'm afraid you are, Jackie. I just We're going to have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Thank we almost so never disagree, you Jackie, but you, We you... never disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well love you, Matt. All love the your best. family. We all love you Thank from you. around backbone. Blake, thank you behind the glass, my man. All the best to one and all and yep, don't let your daubers down. Let's keep on trucking. Be back next Sunday.